0: Hi, welcome to Space Frost, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Mary Johnston and I'm alone recording this bumper. But don't worry, in a moment we'll have not only my wonderful co-host Kate Whitney, but the full appointment of Whitney sisters. Where we have Megan joining us to discuss Wally, a sweet and beautiful film, and we discussed it so hard and so long and so well that I don't even want to talk about anything else. I think we should just get right to the episode. Cool? Cool. Alright, so today we're talking about Wally, but it's not just Kate and me. As per usual, we've got a special guest. Hi, welcome, Megan Whitney, Kate's sister, and Doctor to the Stars. it? Hey. Get it, Siddharis, because space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes! Y'all! Yes. Um, I'm excited to be here talking to you all about a Pixar movie that came out in 2008. Um, but... Then was a really fun, good time, but hilariously... And I think it's hilarious, because right now, you know... Um, we're coming to you from the past, and hopefully corona's less of a thing now but i doubt it uh anyway so recording this in the time of corona i don't think at the uh, very least we probably won't be over it in like a month yeah that's 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 what i mean like like it's not gonna be like a what anyway um oh that old thing it's very it feels it feels funny to be living this current life and thinking back to some people who are like yeah i mean it's like it's like a cute movie but it's pretty heavy-handed with its recycling agenda, and now I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, the planet feels like it's dying. <laughs> We're experiencing I, a pandemic." I hate. Did it still feel heavy? You know, I, is that still there? I hate
0: when I. Well, I feel like it's changed definitely now that I have sure. different lenses. I, I just think it's hilarious. People are like, "Um, it's really heavy-handed telling us to recycle." I'm like, "Yeah, you should recycle. Come on." So, Megan, do you did you see Wally in theaters? Were you excited when it came out? What's your history with this movie?
2: So I honestly don't remember seeing it, which is surprising to me. I do like the time it came out, I was dating this guy that I know we saw a ton of like Pixar movies mm-hmm. like in theaters, like but we saw like Up, uh, Coraline, Corpse Bride, like a bunch of those. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling I must have seen it with him. But even when I was re-watching it for this pod, I was like I don't remember any of it, but I just was so excited because I had such a warm, fuzzy feeling whenever I thought about it. It's a beautiful movie. My gut yeah. reaction is always like, oh, you should watch it when people say they haven't. And then they're like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, it's about like a robot and then another <laughs> one. <laughs> it's just like on space. Like, I couldn't ever remember. I was like, it's just adorable, though. Like, you'll love it.
0: Oh, it's a really cute so. movie. I feel like, I don't know how this is possible because this would have been the same time that I was working as like a recycler. Um, for my like my campus recycler. So, and I'm like still very much into you know ecology stuff. But I was like part of the ecology club. You know what I mean? Like it was that point in college. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that I didn't see this in theaters, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I maybe it was just kind of like I mean this has got to be a summer movie. We were probably working summer camp. That's probably why. Yeah. Um. But I distinctly remember when um I was I just started dating my partner my partner um. And he was like, "You've never seen Wally? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and so we rented it, and I watched it, and I was just like, Ugh, "Like crying in my living room because it was so beautiful <sighs> and wonderful." Mm-hmm. I remember watching um, the Oscars that year because it was like had like a record number of nominations. I usually don't watch the Oscars. But this is the Oscars are rubbish. But anyway, yeah, they're total rubbish. Although that particular, I realized that like <laughs> uh, Andrew and I have like a million inside jokes from that Oscars because I insisted we watch the whole thing so that we could see Wally win awards. <laughs> um, and
1: I mean, I watched. Them, but because they are ridiculous, and yeah, I I've the fodder.
0: Yeah, now we have now I have friends with people who have like an Oscar party that is actually pretty fun. So I do watch them every year, but like not really. Like I watch I eat sure. dip in a room where they're happening. You know. Um, I was particularly excited. So, uh, Kate, this was your pick, and I was pumped about it because I love this yes. movie. But I also was pumped because I remember that like maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month after it came out, there was like this big flap about the movie. Um, you kind of talking about this, Kate, like it's a heavy environmentalist liberal agenda yes. movie. Yes, yeah. But, but get this, guys, you're not even going to believe it, it fails the Bechdel test. So, you know. <laughs> How can it be? How can it be good while also still being bad in that way? Well, and also fo- followers of the last ten years of politics will note also that the liberal agenda in general seems to be failing environmentalists and also the Bechtel test simultaneously. So I think it's actually perfectly in line with what perfectly we're, in line with everything else what yeah, we're seeing. Um, but I thought it'd be fun, like to talk about, it, particularly for this podcast, because there's like lots of interesting stuff about gender coding, and it's like a, just a yeah. big like, liberal noose for us all to stick our necks in and be like, well, it's good, but also, ugh. like, you know, it's good. It's good stuff to talk about on a podcast like this. <laughs>
1: good, good fun times at the film. Yep. Yeah. Um, and a post-apocalyptic wasteland Earth, 700 years since humans evacuated in hopes of coming back when the robots cleaned it. One, lo- one lone cleaning robot named Wally is still running. But instead of trashing and compacting everything about humanity, he searches through the rubble and becomes like an archivalist of all the things about humanity that he loves and ends up growing beyond his programming. And one day, uh, a white shiny orb named Eve drops in and when they discover a plant has survived in our post-apocalyptic space, they are sent on an adventure that takes them across the solar system and back. So let's dive right in. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and talking to you all about this. Uh, To start, I kind of want to talk about the fact that Wally's kind of a silent film, Uh, at least in the first half of it, uh, which is incredibly interesting. The film opens actually on a sequence in which we are hearing uh, the lyrics from Hello Dolly's put on your Sunday clothes, playing over a montage of the solar system of space. And the lyrics seem to line up. We're talking about, like, out there, there's a world outside of Yonkers. And it shines and glitters. And we're going to go there, and we're not going to come home until we kiss a girl. And we end up finding out that this is, like, a non-diegetic introduction to Wally's, like, hopes and dreams, is my uh, assertion. Because we then see him like playing this music and he plays it as like his way to communicate and his way to use words to people um, because he doesn't know how to speak English. He's been slowly like accumulating experiences and studying this movie uh, in order to understand about dancing and holding hands. And well, he's the sweetest fucking thing in the world. He really is. Well and he, and who would he talk to? He's completely alone
0: on a planet full of garbage and he's making right. garbage, he's making like crushed garbage skyscrapers that are like I assume this is happening in New York.
1: Hmm? Yeah. Um but it's yeah that are, but it's just interesting that like it starts non-diegetically and then we see it introduced like like within the context of the film yep. like coming in and out as he comes in and out to like show like explicitly this is his voice and that this is the first two vignettes of this five vignette film are essentially, um, Wally, uh, a robot contextualizes themselves through music theater, musical theater, instead of, uh, using dialogue. Yeah. And that's fun
0: as hell. It is very fun. Um, I do, I read that all the creators also thought about it this way. They were, um, every day for uh around lunchtime they would all gather and eat lunch together for 18 months and then they would watch charlie chaplin and buster keaton movies and like shorts and like just kind of like take them down one by one um to love that to get like ready for i mean they kind of put it as in terms of like visual storytelling but i think what you're getting at with the music is that like the music in Wally is different from just, like, an, the it, it's a different kind of score. It's not a regular girl. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a cool girl. But it's, like, a cool score because it is, um, it is directly exposing you to the interior
1: dialogue of this yeah, character. Yeah, the interiority of a character yeah. through music instead of through exposition. And this is, like, I would say, I would argue that silent films were so strong and so powerful and we only just start getting our film quality uh post-talkies up to that level because they really knew how to show not tell well i'm so i'm
0: so pleased you feel that way i have a three-hour silent film i would like to watch for this podcast Hell yeah, I love that, Mary. Good. No, I love Silent Phelps. I didn't know you didn't know that about me. I, I really, didn't really know. do. I mean, I know that you like Metropolis, but like,
1: I mean, Adair, it's amazing. No, no, like, uh, The General is one of my favorite. City Lights, I think, is even the Charlie Chaplin's problematic. I don't care. I, don't, I don't mm. love. it Death they the say. Anyway, fine. um, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we can do Death of the Author when the author's dead. Yeah. What did you all think about the use of music in this in this film? Did you think it was effective? Do you think it? um it helped it? Do you think that there were places in which it was particularly really good, or did it not work for you at the level that it worked for me?
2: I mean, I loved it. I think, you know, what you said, that last line before kind of the non-diegetic sound drops out from the intro, like, we won't come mm-hmm. home until we've kissed a girl is, like, that's telling you what this whole movie is gonna be about. Like, he doesn't come home until that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I also... I just loved how like that same tune over and over again became like his introduction to people and also like towards the end I guess in like Act 4 as we think of it like at the siege yeah. like a rallying cry and a way to identify yeah. his allies Um. so I loved that part but you know the other sounds we heard too like um the score when Eve is flying is yes. just maybe it's because it's we're living in the times of COVID, where everyone is aggressively earthbound. Um, yeah, but there is something so light and freeing, and like I don't know. No,
1: the 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 music ex- definitely I feel like expresses his interiority, and you're totally touching on that. Like he Wally, and we'll get into like the characters in in just a second. Uh, is is a robot that is bound to the ground, you know, on on tracks, and he meets this. Totally permanently floating uh, Robot that he's Just captivated by And we feel How he feels through the music
0: Right? Absolutely I also think that we We understand and I think that this And we'll talk about this more when we get to the characters But I think that we as an audience Connect so strongly to Wally Because of the music Like the music paints yeah. the picture of Who he is And it shows us that it's like a big, um, it's a big pleasing juxtaposition. So you have this like dirty little robot, right, who looks like a pair of binoculars yeah. on a box, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's in a he's in like the most depressing thing I can think of, which is like a world just like full of trash, and the waterways are like soupy. When he's like rowing that boat, and you see like the yeah. sludgy water, like nothing about his surroundings is beautiful. Should make you feel good. Beautiful. Or are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nothing about it. Like, it's it's the most dismal situation. And instead, you have this plucky little robot who listens to musicals all day in his head. <laughs> like, like plays, like, carries him around with him, yes. and, like, finds little moments of grace in this otherwise horrifying world, and has, like, a little pet roach, and, like, is, like, making it work. And that's very difficult, I think, especially from an American perspective. Like, that super appeals yeah. to us. We love that. Like, he... He's sort of, hes he could be, you could replace him with, like, a cowboy, with any of our, our classic ideas of sort of, like, these characters that, like, go out and, like, forge new trails and are by themselves and, like, make it work. But, but, what's really cool about him is, unlike sort of our traditional explorers or um, lone wolves, he is a hopeless romantic, and the oh, music oh. tells us that, like... Yeah. Um, of course, the Hello Dolly number is the most famous. It's used the most. It's beautiful. And Hello Dolly is like one of my favorite musicals too. So I like absolutely love it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a, and it's the one with like lyrics that feel like consistently right. represent right. like it's how him, it's how the like, robots tell each textually. other that they love each yeah. other. Like
0: it's it's very yeah like uh, Louis Armstrong. Like when I like yeah, I, Livian Rose. Yeah, I tried to pay attention to the other songs too because I was I knew you were going to ask about this. Um, but. I like how it does a lot of the heavy lifting of, like, painting him as this, like, sentimental fool. And it's it's smart, too, because you know that his idea of romance, especially in this world, is absurd. (laughs) Like... like, Well...
1: Well, and the the height of it, uh, the height of all intimacy is holding hands. Right, it's very, it's
0: very chaste, but it's also, like, there's all this music about, like, deep human emotions and flowers, a very pastoral music, and, like, Uh he's living in a dump. Like, it's just, it's pleasing, and you understand him, and you root for him, like, immediately that this, like, beautiful soul is managing to still bloom. Um... Yeah, no, yeah. And I think actually what's really funny is the song that does this most, like, effectively, but is not memorable at all. I had to, like, go back. I was like, is that, like, a song with lyrics? Is it not? Is when he's, like, dragging Eve around on their date. And, like, that's when he, like, Mm rows the boat. And they have this, like, really dreamy, soft, sort of French, like, 60s yeah, yeah pop song and so I like that even, like, the moments that have lyrics, those, like, we really remember them because it's, like, how the robots communicate. But even the yeah. orchestral music that's really just supposed to be background in, like, most movies, yeah. like, the score just kind of, like, sets tones and things like that. Because it is a silent movie, it does, it, like, at this point, it doesn't it doesn't behave that way even when it is just orchestral and it's something that was like written just for this. I think that that's really cool. It elevates it to um, a conversational place.
1: The beauty of a silent film is that because we are deep in dialogue, music has to carry so much weight and you get these beautiful scores and you get this really emotive acting. And sometimes some movies are absurd, of course, but like, They tell such a good story, and with a robot, you get to transcend what's absurd, because all the gestures are articulated by humanity. Like, they are all farce. But that takes away, like, this layer and makes it the most genuine and earnest uh, portrayal, you know? Which is wild! It's robots! As much as this movie is also a silent movie, I also
0: think that this is a Musical, but with no singing from the central characters. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a it's a perfect blend of. Particular. And like a lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that the robots can't express how they feel and and what they are experiencing mm-hmm. the same way you, they could if they had a human body. Like, uh, this might be controversial, especially since Wally is using that um, that uh, fire extinguisher very liberally. But I interpret not. <laughs> directly but i interpret that space dance scene as like the way rogers and hammerstein would have like their two leads and like a synchronized beautiful dance as a stand-in for sex like these robots are never I, no, are t- never going to be able to have sex with each other right they don't have genitals we as far as we know right
1: right but but, but that's w- but what but dancing is, is like yeah. this it's this high form of synchronized collaboration in the way that you buy and that score in that moment is, like, my favorite. Megan, I, I know you had something you want to say. It's funny. She called me earlier, and you told me that um, you you hated that, that Eve was a bad dancer. And I was imagining that scene where they're, like, out of the spaceship, like, using... um, And Molly is using a fire extinguisher to propel them around. And... You were like, no, I mean, like, when she's, like, hopping up and down inside the, like, trailer and, like, that. knocks everything I down. She was like, yeah,
2: up his house is what I, I meant. Man. I hate that,
0: too. I hate that she does that because I'm like, well, his house, which I also really dig. I know that you and I had, a, like, a separate conversation about how much we like his house. But... I love his house, too. I wasn't like, a part of that, like that conversation. It's like was. you were on the text thread, Kate. I guess you were just working. I, I know. Um... Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I likened it to, um, like, my dream dorm room in college. Yes. Right? It would have been, like, a dark hole with all sorts of, like, kitschy treasures and almost Guys. starlights and Christmas lights. Yep. Would be That's of kind of what dream. I feel like.
1: Every room I'm trying to build on Animal Crossing is a little bit that. Just Which, like <laughs> a little bit of a weird archive to humanity. Yeah, like, fair. fair. <laughs> I think that you could write an entire
0: research paper about that. <laughs> Home decor in times of COVID. Also, it's digital, also, it's Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, no, I hated that scene too. I think. Most partially because I was like worried about his house but also because I was just like uh, like to me it felt very rom commy where like the woman is really clumsy isn't it funny to watch this beautiful creature like kind of be a big old dope and not know how to use her body I kind of didn't dig that <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I accepted no, sure. it I was like alright it's fine it's fine she's otherwise like a ki- badass killing machine that's cool it's cool
1: <laughs> she can be bad at she can be bad at hopping around I hadn't seen this movie in several years. Uh, I had seen it, you know, since it came out and I think I watched it like four years ago or something, but like still four years is a lot. I was rewatching it and I remembered Mary and I had talked about the fact that it failed the Dectal test, but in some ways Eve is a real badass superhero of a character. Like she comes in, she's sleek as shit. She's super effective. She's trying to save humanity Yes, she's, like, trigger-happy. Yes, she needs to be softened by a totally non-toxic male character. Um, Yes, we are talking about robots with gender because they seem to be explicitly coded with gender, but like, Eve's pretty fucking cool, right? Eve is cool. I think that the issue that I have
0: a couple issues with Eve, my like, the the first issue I have with Eve is that Wally is so engaging and such a star that to, I basically had to force myself to pay attention to Eve for the purposes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Which, I I, could see I mean, it's just because, like, she doesn't, she is very much the, like, smarter, but less charming straight man to Wally's antics. And... Well, like,
1: if you think of it like the Terminator, Terminator is not, like, good at being a human. He's really effective at what he's doing. Yeah. Like... That's Eve. Eve is, like, built off of, I feel like, sci-fi cinema, you know? Is
2: that Eve, though? Like, I mean, she's here for, like, we don't know how long, right? Like, conceivably, it could be much longer than it looks. But yeah, it, could be it looks like she's here for years. two days, and is already like, "I'm fucking over this. I'm blowing shit up." And it's like, Wally's been here for seven hundred years, lady. Like, just <laughs> chill. Take it down a <laughs> notch, okay? Chill. You can't just blow up his house. I
0: think, I think, yeah, that she is very, and it's really funny, right? So Pixar is an Apple company. Like, if you, if you really would like to ruin the movie Toy Story for yourself, um, read about why it was made by um, Steve Jobs. Um, but because mm. <laughs> he basically was like I wanted to show off how giant our technological dick was it's really awful <laughs> it's very awful um, yeah but it doesn't change the fact that it's a beautiful movie in and of its own right and you know art finds a way um, yeah but uh, yeah I for my I kind of felt like she fell sort of into the like she reminded me a lot of Trinity in the Matrix and then Wally is sort of Neo-ish in that he is like He is like naive to the world. Neo is like a a
1: bumbling like romantic comedy lead. Right. but, like, like, Neo is not. But the lady lead. Neo
2: was. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, Neo
1: was was not the bumbling romantic comedy lead as a woman. Like, I feel like Wally fulfills that part of the relationship. He's almost the man from like what we traditionally consider to be like. He's very feminine. Yeah, the feminine role. Like, the like bumbling. know, Like, oh, I'm so awkward, but cute. As a counterpoint. (laughs) <laughs>
0: the relationship of less talented man with more talented woman, yet she is his sidekick, is, I would say, even more pervasive than
1: oh, yeah, like in musical
0: theater. You know what I mean? Like Harry Potter and Hermione, yeah. Neo and Trinity. But the best comparison I, and I'm really pleased to myself for thinking of this, uh, is it reminds me a lot of the Lego movie, Emmett and Wild Styles like dynamic where she's like really mm-hmm. capable and like teaches him all kinds of stuff and emma's just kind of like i like making dumb stuff and yet yeah. he is the hero of the movie um and actually thankfully the second lego movie actually makes fun of that which <laughs> i'm proof of but like i kind of got some of that stuff so i'm like oh, that's a bummer i'm bummed about that for eve
2: uh, yeah it felt a little bit like um that same trope like i I don't know if you ever watched the movie uh, or the TV show Chuck. Where oh, yeah. It's like I'm familiar. Very yes. competent female spy. Yep. Guy who just sort of got something in his head because he's dumb. I don't know. Like Yeah, why? like the guy who just um, like
0: by by like pure coincidence is now the hero of the story. Like, right. right? That's, that's, that's what happens with Wally, too. But I mean, but it's the problem is that those male characters, the reason that we root for them and we like them is that Generally, maybe not in the case of Neo now that I'm thinking about it, but generally they have, like, more personality. We are shown more of their interior thoughts. We feel for them more, and therefore we root for them. So I think that the movie could have done more to kind of elevate Eve as a character. Yeah, Eve was definitely
1: a secondary character.
2: I think we've already covered this, but Wally, like, is clearly human, like, from the first moment we see him. like. And, and I think, like, there's all these awe moments, like, he's got a little cockroach friend who makes him giggle and laugh, and then we see him go through, like, what is essentially a, a graveyard of other Wallies. Yep. like, just alone. Yeah. But I think, like, for me, the first moment I was, like, really, like, oh, I love him was when he's rocking himself to sleep. I just yeah. was, like, it's oh, precious. Like, in
1: a hammock, yeah, yeah, but also, like, as a baby. I also, like, I don't want to interrupt you, but just when he's knocking the dust out of his cooler and, like, calling in to the cockroach, like, we're in, like, a, you know, like, old old prairie...
2: Yeah, when the, dust loves, storm, uh, when the dust
0: storm is coming, it's, like, yeah. he's, like, calling in his dog. Yeah.
1: It was cute.
2: Yeah. Anyway, Megan, continue. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, so, like, there was that. Um, I also... So, like, I looked up some of the people that they had doing voices, like, for characters. So like some of the characters we don't meet till later on, like Auto the autopilot, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually a Macintosh, like Macintosh. No, 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 no it's, it's called a Macintosh. Yeah, it was like a word like spe- speech word to speech program designed in like 1984. I it's think. like it's like a actually an old fancy speak and spell, right? Yeah, there's like an IMDb um, entry for the Macintosh, and it says he was. <laughs> born in 1984 in California and he's an actor known for WALL-E atop the fourth wall and the Spoonie experiment there you
0: go so yeah I did think Um, it was interesting that they didn't cast a human like a human could have done that role right and you like run it through a synthesizer but I do think it's interesting and then and then of course it's like the Pixar Mac Pixar Mac connection like they would of course make that like they'd be like oh we got this thing for that we got a weird robot voice um but I think it was smart because it's not like Wally is done by a person. Eve is done by a person. You have that like that little bit of human touch there. And then you have the evil the most evil robot is completely like divorced from any humanity.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. even the ship computer, that's uh, Sigourney Weaver. So like they're all human voices except this one ultra evil robot. The most evil robot. The other thing I was thinking about was like with the relationships. So like We basically accepted that Wally is a boy and Eve is a girl, um, which is like, okay, fine. I I will meet us there. But the other thing that's kind of interesting to think about that I mentioned to Kate earlier was like, Wally's been around for 700 years and Eve is like the sleek new model. So are we like...
1: If we're projecting gender, are we project, projecting ages? Oh. Yeah, like
2: other signifiers. Like, is this an old, lonely man and a young woman? Like, that's it really changes how I see it. Well, um,
0: right. Except, I thought about the. I kind of thought about this too. I was like, wait, is this like a robbing the cradle situation? Is that why they make Wally? I mean, the reason they make Wally so childish is because it's charming as hell. That's, I think, ultimately yeah. the reason. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, are they trying to like young him up? And then. This is me, like, reading way too much into it, but I was like, he's been here for 700 years, but, like, probably wasn't this sentient for 700 years. I think he's, like, yeah. developed mm-hmm. over time, whereas she probably is just automatically smarter, right? Like, she was built... Yeah, programmed to be smarter. smarter. Like, he's... She- He's just aging at a much slower rate, is your theory? Yeah, men men just, you know, don't develop as quickly as women. But I I think that, like, I think that that's kind of what's going on there. But it could be, it could be detailed. And I do wonder, to some degree, would this be, like, hooking up with, like, a Neanderthal? Like, 700 (laughs) years is a long time. Which, actually, I always have issues with that. I I have issues with, like, that in a lot of sci-fi where they're like, it's just so far in the future. And I'm like, why? We would be equally impressed if it was two hundred years,
1: or even a hundred years. Like <laughs> it doesn't have to be a thousand it doesn't have to be, like, years. Like it, maybe it could. That honestly, honestly, looking back, that is what we should have said to everyone who was like, "This is too environmentalist." Yeah. Is like this is honestly not environmentalist enough because it will not be a thousand years before we have problems. No, you know, like
2: it sure it wasn't it'll be much much. It sure better. wasn't. It'll be like, 20 years be like Same now like, um. also for it being so quote heavy-handed we really just completely disregarded it so yeah it did not change much <laughs> didn't do much yeah so that was one thing and um, i guess like also like just first impressions of eve like she, you know wally like the moment you see him you're like i love him like this is my new friend wally and i'm very invested in him as his development and eve <laughs> you're like I first saw her and I was like oh she's fun she waits for her boss to leave and then she's zooming around cause she's a bad employee and then the next thing I wrote in my note was scary with like five underlines because all of a sudden she's like nope I'm blowing up this bitch like she has zero <laughs> frustration tolerance like she's and why is she armed? What like, if I my arms understand. is a gun? Life seeking I- droid is like arm and extremely trigger happy like so so mary and i've kind of spoken to the like
1: spoken about this offline together which is that mm, if there's anything that's problematic about this movie
2: oh there's more that's problematic uh, about this
1: movie but we're not we're not (laughs) there yet no there's not but 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 one of the most (laughs) one of the most problematic things about this movie is but, like, did every human get to go live on a luxury cruise? Oh, like, we know. Really ad- we know with we, capitalism we,
0: that's we, not true.
1: We know that that's not possible. And, like, even though you're spying into, like, an advertised, like, vacation where, and as a child you learn, like, the alphabet based on, like, you know, capitalism. Oh, we're getting
2: there. I'm so excited about I, that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, um,
0: so I I just, uh. you're You're wondering where all the poor people are.
2: Um, yeah, there we were we the were... towers that the other Wallies built would be my guess because they were the first Wallies, or,
0: or probably yeah. Or, no, or uh, on that... the bowels of that ship, making all that pizzas, all that food. Yeah, the yeah. regenerative yeah. Not food bar. Where does it come? from? Where does it? Co- it comes from poor people. <laughs> the same place it comes from now. It comes. <laughs> Soiling like as
1: people. Green people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like that. That that is a thing, and so, like, Eve being able to shoot part of me, a little part of me, I know it's a kid's movie, I don't care, death of the author, is, like, so they were worried about who would be left behind, like, what kind of mutant would have evolved after, like, however many years for, like, a plant to live that, like, killing people was kind of Eve's mission, but only saving plants, because I assumed when I first saw it, because of, like, where the plant icon shows up, I was like, oh, she had, like, a panel of icons, and, like, would something else would have shown up? She found something else, but like I don't know, maybe all she was looking for is plant life. it's not like important. It would be very hard
0: to fit a person into Eve's uh, central directive, which is to fill a women a woman's role as a reproductive <laughs> womb. <laughs> um, yeah. And and indeed, fair. fair. <laughs> yeah. So mm. to unpack Eve's story, she is sent out on an adventure to find life. When it's found, she places it inside her body, in, a, in like her stomach, right? In her womb. Then she falls completely silent, ready to be picked up, having fulfilled her reproductive duties, right? And then she is brought back to a space station where she has to fight for her right to bear, quote unquote, this plant child, and eventually gives birth with her hetero-coded life mate to the next phase of humanity. I don't really know how I feel about that I think it's okay it's not bad probably but it also is not like the story I want for my main lady to go
2: unchecked yeah, at yeah. Least. you know what I mean yeah, it makes it a lot harder, especially when you think of that as her main directive. Right? Like
0: her, it is Woof. to is to bear life back and to bear a very specific type of life. Not any life, but like a life that she yeah. can carry and is contained yeah. and manageable by... A, a
1: containable and manageable life. Yeah. Form. And
2: that can be... Weird. Ripped from her body by other people while she's like not aware.
1: But also the idea yeah. that like she would care about
0: this life more than anything, and it's like what she has she has to defend the right to life. I'm like, oh no, oh no. As I was like watching, I was like, no, 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 no. Like I'm like, if oh, she wants no. to abort that plant, she should be like able that. to do it anytime she wants. Wait a minute, guys, wait, hold on. Um also she's like Aww. looks like a big egg, and her name is Eve. Mm. yeah first woman yeah, mm-hmm. I mean like I, I think that maybe you can make the argument that and maybe I am that it's a more feminist retelling of the first woman like she's not built from Wally she isn't subservient that's, to Wally she isn't that
1: yeah that was my take that's, I feel like. that's
0: better but also like I mean it's a generous reading yeah like now. and also why are we beholden to the bible of all things in this situation yeah. like I don't know yeah,
1: we've, we've got a guy named Molly, but the woman has to be Eve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah. why, why are we, like, celebrating? We're like, hooray, she didn't get as raw of a deal as B- Eve did in the Bible. And you're like, that's a bunch of ghost stories for crazy people. So, no. Yeah.
2: So, like, I was thinking about the relationship. And, you know, like, we know that Eve is coded as female um, as soon as we start to hear her talk. But I, I had this moment, like when I was re-watching it, where Wally f- sees her for the first time, um, and he doesn't know anything about Eve. Like, he hasn't heard her talk, hasn't heard her do any of the things that, to us, clearly gender her. So, like, yeah. I really liked that he could be a little pansexual robot. Aww. Um, it doesn't matter about gender. He just loves her for whatever, whoever she is. Um and and the other thing that I really liked about it um like when he first so we get a few shots from his perspective right from inside Wally's little eyes
1: yeah his little his camera lens yeah
2: and so we get a couple of like dust storms coming um and we get a couple of him looking at her and I realized on rewatching like the only time he sees color is when he looks at her Um, all the other shots we see of him, like, there's even signs in the background or other things, but it's all black and white or really more grayscale, except when, like, she's there. And then, like, that combined with the, like, Le'Veon. Her eyes.
1: Her blue eyes. Yeah. Like,
2: I just loved it. It's like, she came in and just now he sees color with her. I loved it. So.
1: That's really cute. No, I think that's the fucking sweetest thing. And I hadn't noticed that. Mary, do you know, I sure did. not Great call yeah right Megan texted me about that I was like I'm really glad you're. <laughs> Megan thank you for coming and paying attention to the movie <laughs> I'm so grateful that you're here to explain it
0: <laughs> explain, explain what happened <laughs> um no but seriously that's a good call I, um yeah I had no for I can, sure like, when you mention it I can picture it in my mind and it makes sense no, exactly. I immediately was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah."
1: But yeah, it was It was. It's such a beautiful, subtle storytelling device that, like, I didn't notice it consciously. I'm sure on some level I noticed it because I was able to remember it. You know, so like, it just it did enough to like reinforce what was special about this. It's it's kind of brilliant. This movie is a little bit brilliant, is what I'm saying. Like, it might not be like. 100% not problematic, but it's pretty smart. Almost no you know? movie is. Also, also, I mean, like, it's, you know,
0: I think that the... You can tell, and it makes sense, they, they, they bet the house on their ability to tell a visual story, and that is what's uh-huh. strong. Like, if you pick at this too much, which, it, it doesn't hold up to scrutiny, it- right? Like,
1: Especially any like children's movie right. or whatever, right? Like, right. But like, you know, I mean, they could because children's movies are more allegorical mm. than they are. And this like, is not hard you know. sci-fi. Like, you know, like we're not,
0: no. I'm not demanding things, but like there are, there are. No, we're watching a Pixar movie. Right. There are yeah. plot holes. Like it's <laughs> not. I mean, it's not like an airtight movie, but it's Mary.
1: Are you telling me that there's a plot hole in Wally? Because that will rock my goddamn. You're I'm like, kidding. throw the movie <laughs> away. It's bad. Don't even recycle it. <laughs> Let's, Let's nothing. cancel the recording. Let's do a different pod. I am so. walking off this podcast yeah exactly so
0: (laughs) i have a question for us um i think that we i at least accept that these robots are gendered wally is gender Uh is coded as a man and eve is coded as a woman does anyone feel the need to argue otherwise or should we like support that
1: in some way i think it's clear that they are gendered because uh not only is eve's name female but like Wally is coded so strongly. I do appreciate your observation, Megan, because, like, also, like, maybe he doesn't have any conceptualization of gender, so it doesn't matter. Like, but Disney didn't want to create something that was possibly queer. And it's funny because I think if they made this movie now, it would look a little different. Um,. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't think Disney would like make a movie that was overtly queer, but I don't think they would try to gender everyone quite as much.
2: I Maybe I'm think, wrong. I just don't I, think I, this isn't actually a
1: litmus test for Disney, but like yeah. I think if anyone made this movie today.
2: I think it would be hard not to have yeah. um some gendering, especially with Eve, because I think Wally is so obviously like you just identify with him on a very human level so quickly yeah so
1: he so Wally's more human than he is man right like yeah,
2: yeah. um but eve i think if you didn't have this kind of gendering she's a little bit harder to care about to be honest and yeah. i think like having yeah that kind of rooted in this um story that we all like understand is like boy falls yeah. in love with girl boy, girl doesn't give a girl. shit about boy until something yeah. happens later like um it makes it easier to identify with them not that like trans or queer or like other gendered people would be no but impossible. these are the,
1: these are these are the these are the prioritized narratives and this is what a multimedia company like disney who says that like it doesn't matter about like you are doing for the world it matters more like about making money with shareholders yeah. like, what we they have do? no we well, have and no and ins- just like
0: we have no uh commitment to make art is i think what they say that we have the yeah. commitment to yeah. make money for our shareholders literally they said that <laughs> Thank Yeah, you disney mm-hmm. is crazy anyway <laughs> yeah yeah i think also the fact that eve very directly has this like reproduction element i think does a lot of that but i think in this case i i understand like i can like you know, kind of defend why I think Eve is a woman. Like she has a woman's voice. She, her name is Eve. She has this reproductive directive. Um, she is like, has like kind of soft shapes. She's like, you know, kind of womanly. Like I understand that. Yeah. Curves, not hard lines. I have a harder time explaining why I know that Wally is a man apart from the fact that his name is Wally. Um, yeah. and that he has hard lines yeah that's literally yeah, it. But, like, like there's not, not actually enough coding there's not a ton of coding know? and I, I think what I arrived at is just that like that's that's viewer bias and they're counting on it I think they are counting on it I think that they do want this to be a heteronormative couple
1: well and I I think
0: his his tone of voice is more male feels well and male. he's a, he's a yeah. male vocal actor it's crazy to me that a human being made these noises I know but like well, right W- Wally, yeah, 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 like he, yeah. So he is. There's a man who does it. Um, who by the way also like swore off doing ro- Like, apparently, you know, was known for doing this, doing robot sounds. He did it for um the third Star Wars movie. Um, and uh, he was like, "I'm never doing a robot again." It was really taxing, but he agreed to come out of robot retirement for Wally because he thought the movie was beautiful. <laughs> ben, uh Burt, it's B U R T T. Yeah, yeah.
1: He also does Mo, the little cleaning robots voice. Um, Mo is my favorite. And I can't wait really to talk about Mo because I think Mo I might be the one, and I know he has a male tone of voice. I don't care. I think Moe might be the one gender neutral. I think a lot like, of the, the robots him and, like are
0: pretty him and like, him and, like
1: the like the umbrella. you Yeah, know, like, yeah. 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 I, unfortunately, so, I think a lot of the non-binary
0: ones are just kind of like non-human. You know what I mean? Like they're just like yeah. so obviously
1: mechanical. That yeah. Once you're human, well, honestly. To be human, is to figure out what your gender is Is fine, uh, it's an idea But the idea of it being innate Because they chose something that's heteronormative Is the only troubling part I think the yeah. main reason I
0: think that Wally is a man Unfortunately Is because of the romantic overtures He
1: makes towards Eve yeah, they are traditionally gendered male yeah. roles. Yeah, and when you,
0: like, strip him down to what he does, you're like, oh, he's a real creep creep. Like, he stalks her initially. He insists that they have a connection that she denies vehemently, but it does not dissuade him. He drags her unconscious body around on dates. He shows up at her workplace to help and almost gets them both killed. <laughs> I, I did think about all of this. He, never, yeah. he never backs off when she explicitly asks him to again and again and again. That's all very male. The reason the reason it doesn't bother us is because he's charming and we know him. And we know he's not sexually threatening. That's why. Like, we've watched him dance to Hello, Dolly. He's he's harmless. Um, I mean, that does not hold water in real life. Like, my pull my feminist card out of my hand. It is charming. I am not bothered by it when I watch this movie. I'm only bothered by it when I, like, write it down and think about it critically. I'm like, no, this is cute. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's fine.
2: No, I, I agree. It's like... Oh, wait, he does what? Like, when you're watching it. I, going back to him being gendered, though, for me, part of why I thought of him as a boy, which now that I'm thinking about doesn't really make sense either, but his whole vibe reminds me of E.T. Like, There's a, his yeah. little shape and his little head and, like, E.T., they kept calling him a he, so I guess he's a boy. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I demand to see uh-huh. ET's dick. Actually, I would rather. I, there's <laughs> nothing in this world that I would rather not have happened to me than see e. yeah, dick. Yeah, Mary
1: actually has like a phobia have associated small with ET. E. No, but you're what I listen. I listened to your creep- your creep creepers episode where you all talked about the VHS and it had green instead of white on yeah. like the accent pieces, and cool. that is the VHS we it's had too. Fucking so, cool. You know. mm-hmm. I I had that moment where I was like. I, too, had that 1990s VHS. No, I will not text my friends and tell them, hey, I have the same VHS... Because literally anyone who listens to your podcast, I'm sure, has the exact same well, moment, who knows?
0: Like some people maybe who didn't have as cool a VHS as we did. Um, oh, Obviously, the Whitney's and the Johnson's were just, like, Which, up, up apart yeah, from the Yeah, like, a, a, a set above. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah, Would always. VHS again. <laughs> um, no, I... Hey, guys, remember how I said we
0: were cool? <laughs> I agree. I agree. He does have... E.T. vibes for sure. And I think I think that he was part of his character design is based on ET. I'm pretty sure I found that out and then, I mean, that makes and then pushed it down real hard because I have ET phobia. But uh, I was like, no, not Wally, he's adorable. E.T. is terrifying. Um <laughs> do we have any problems with the fact that the robots are gender coded?
1: So the only thing I would say in terms of uh the gender coding of robots is that And I've kind of spoken to this a little bit already, so sorry for being a little bit repetitive. I just don't think that it would be done quite the same way today um, because it's so explicit and it's something you don't have to make explicit. Like, I feel like even just, this is 2008, you know, this is 12 years later, even even a short 12 years. A mere 12 years. A, A mere 12 years. And I feel like we're in a different enough space that, like, it wouldn't be expected to gender them. And, in fact, at least there might be more robot characters we knew a little bit better. And at least one of them wouldn't have a gender explicitly, I feel like. I, I mean, I um, agree. Yeah,
0: I wonder if they would have given us, like, a side. Like, I think that that's how Disney does I think their we've awokeness. gotten more of moak. You know yeah, I, mean? they I think
1: mo would have been around more and like more genderually voiced and you know like we would have had like that but i don't necessarily have
0: an issue with the fact that these robots are gendered i will say like you can't be it if you can't no because like it, because so... they don't
1: have they don't have an innate biology and so like we don't know if it's even heteronormative like that's the point is that like while he identifying as male but like not exhibiting toxic masculinity, which I would argue he does not correct, he is the opposite of toxically masculine, is actually a strength. And Eve exhibiting uh femininity while not like being the angel of the house, to quote uh Virginia Woolf, uh, is also pretty dope. So it doesn't their gendering is not problematic, when you actually it, this is the opposite when you dig into this part. Their gender is less problematic than if you just Glance at it (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway So yeah Yeah.
0: I I mean I think now I I think that Disney's like kind of Faux woke remodel Of itself through its live Action movies for the most part um, Yeah tend to like uh, The moments I mean like all The only moments we ever have somebody who Is not heteronormative Are like I would put Hard in the category of queer baiting Mm -hmm. Right like Oh, LeFou yeah. in the live action. Yeah, you're like, going to you're going to dances gonna get, like, with a, a romantic line. Yeah. He dances he with He dances with wants. a man for like if you blink it you'll miss it. Like it's like a, a like maybe they're on screen Same for, like, with their Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I I do not think that they would ever get away from being like that one's a boy and that one's a girl. But they probably would give us yeah. like a side character that's like I'm not a boy or a girl. Yeah. What are you going to do about it squares and then we would never see them again. Um
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: this. you would never see
0: that. Yeah, they're like Disney's, like, and we're putting them back in the box so that we don't upset too yeah. many of our viewers, right? No, you go
1: away. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a moment. It's a it's a wink at uh at, at queer kids in the audience. Yeah. So I mentioned at the top
0: in my like kind of background with this movie, I remember that they it failed the Bechtel test. I believe everyone listening this probably knows what the Bechtel test is but in case you don't it's not a big deal i will tell you right Fair. now the Bechtel test first appeared in Alison Bechtel's comic strip dykes to watch out for which came out which in this strip i think particularly was like 1985 mm, ish um yeah and it's
1: it's honestly timeless yeah. uh in a million yes. ways so if you are queer or queer jason or just like reading cool media. Yep. Check it out.
0: Anyway, so, the strip is entitled The Rule, and that there's two women um, walking down the street talking about going to see a movie named Mo and Ginger, and uh, Mo says that she only will see a movie if it uh, satisf- satisfies uh, all three of the following requirements. The movie needs to have at least two women in it. One. Two. and they, they, Those two women need to at least talk to each other once. And when they talk, they have to have at least one conversation that is not about a man. That is the Bechtel test. So, and then in this kind of this, so this existed in the '80s, very cool, very great, and then it kind of came back, um, like early to mid '80s. Uh, the idea of the Bechtel yeah. test was was brought forth, and now you can judge movies and say like if it failed the bechdel test it didn't fail the bechdel test if it doesn't meet these three criteria it doesn't wally does not meet the bechdel test it has they count eve as a woman so it technically has two women in it those two women never talk to each other and therefore they can't have a conversation that is not about a man (laughs) so it fails yeah um yeah and i feel like this was mostly brought up as to be like ooh you think it's so liberal, but it, the Wally, your darling, this darling environmentalist movie, fails the Bechtel test. What are you going to do about it? Libs. Um, yeah. And um, <laughs> to me, I'm kind of like, and, and like, right, and like, this is like a hilarious thing to talk about, because our entire podcast is about like, picking apart for the most part, pop culture movies, <laughs> sure, and being sure.
1: like But we also try to have fun with like, pop culture, yeah. because we exist. Yeah, and- exactly. And- like, exactly. Like, we talk about our tension between academic reviews and also being humans in this world.
0: But what, right? Absolutely. But what bothers me about this is a lot of people re- who, and I remember even kind of feeling this way, I was like, well, that's not fair. That's not fair because Wally is almost a silent movie and they're robots and they don't have gender and the movie is about a plant. So, no, like, it can't, who cares? It's not, the Bechtel test doesn't matter. In this instance. Yeah. And I now look back on that with some shame because I'm like, no, it's okay. First of all, it's okay. It's okay to take issue with this. It's number one, first of all, and this will be very funny to listeners who listen to me rattle on for four episodes about how I can't like Kylo Ren because he's a Nazi. Um, (laughs) A story need not be woke (laughs) to be loved by a woke person. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Roxanne Gay speaks to this much better than any other human being I've ever seen. But, but like, let's be real. If you think about, like, romantic comedies you like, a lot of them rely on conventions of deceit and misdirection and unequal power dynamics that would, like, be abhorrent, like, in real life. Like, if you were talking to your friend and she was like, yeah, I'm talking to this guy online, but also there's this guy who's kind of rude to me, but... I like kind of love him and he might be driving me out of business, but I think it's okay because he's Tom Hanks and I'm Meg Ryan and we're clearly meant to be together in the American subconscious. You'd be like, Meg, get it together. No, stop. Stop yeah. obsessing over phantom men and assholes. Like stop it.
2: But, and you've got me, yeah. I'm charmed by it and that's okay. I think that's okay. Uh, I mean, I think it's okay, but it, I mean, I'm kind of makes me laugh because it, reminds me of that whole premise of the Mindy project where it's like I grew up watching all these romantic comedies and thinking that it's real life and like yeah, and now as an adult woman with female friends I am in situations sometimes where I'm like you fucking kidding me? Like, get a therapist. Why are you putting up with this shit? Like, yeah, stop it.
0: <laughs> I think it's it's okay because you can critique them, right? Like, you can be like, that's not a relationship that I would want in life. But you can watch the movie and be like, aw, like it can make you feel feels, and that's okay. Like, yeah. you don't have to. Not everything has totally. to pass some
1: sort of purity test for you to like appreciate it as a piece of art. That's okay.
2: Hundred well, percent. No.
1: Well, and and even thinking about that purity test, something that like. I haven't said but like I was thinking about um my my mentor when I was a film studies uh, minor at my college was this amazing um black queer man uh and he and I talked about the back test and he was like, you know, if you apply about people of color it's even harder fast. And he is not wrong. Like that's the thing. Like these purity tests, like, if we were actually trying to like get full intersectional, you know, justice, like even the Bechtel test fails because like imagine asking for a movie to have two named people of color talking about someone who wasn't white.
0: <laughs> like yeah. Well and and I guess I guess what I'm saying is like liberals should own the fact that this movie that we like and we agree like checks a lot of boxes for us in terms of our ideological belief systems, right? We should own that it fails the Bechtel test because the point of the
1: Bechtel test is not to like be able to mi- say like this movie is good. It's about like raising yep. awareness about where we are where we are falling short. Yep, that's that's all that it is. That's all. Yeah, and it's it puts pressure. It's supposed to put
0: pressure on media conglomerates like Disney to be like, you should give us way more diverse female characters. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's fine. (laughs) Like we should admit that. No, that that would be ideal. Like yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's okay that
1: you can like movies that fail the Bechtel test. But it being weaponized by people who aren't media conglomerates feels a lot like how how dare you like, limit like, my free like, speech like how dare you not like do better about recycling like as a person when we have conglomerates that aren't getting checked at all oh yeah that's true or I was thinking more like
0: when people are like wait y- you don't want the clan to march in the 4th of July parade well that's my free speech and you're like no but it's also the freedom of every person of color to be able to watch the parade yeah, and not fear for their goddamn lives you dicks yeah
1: Megan do you have anything else you want to say on Bechtel
2: No, on parades I'm very anti though. Oh I love you. Yeah. Where are all those people walking to anyway? Yeah. Like come on.
0: So I think I think that this theme ultimately is showing the difference between like moving from like a consumerism to like a caretaker relationship with the earth like Mm -hmm. we the first the first piece of it in the evil is that we just like take 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 and then we like leave we just leave the planet behind when it doesn't when it's like we've garbage it up too much like we trash it and then we take off um and i always think it's funny when disney does things like this because like because usually they're like the evil corporations and i'm like hello disney (laughs) like you are one of the biggest media corporations in the world so (laughs) like like you are you the villain of your own movie because
1: um, you might be I mean you, you, you are right
0: but I do think it's always funny I feel like Disney walks this very delicate tightrope where they have no problem being like the bad guy here is Walmart because ew ew Walmart and consumerism bad capitalism, however, we're going to real soft play the role it plays in the, all of this. <laughs> like, they don't they don't always, like, n- drive the nail and I can only really think of one Disney movie where they are like, capitalism is bad and bankers are bad, and that is the OG Mary Poppins where they villainize yeah. the bank. Ooh, yeah, no, you're right, but, you're
1: right. Like, uh, Tuppin's a right, bag.
0: But otherwise it's sort of like, I mean, this big corporation it's bad to be owned by them, but, like, people can ultimately choose to come back and it's okay. And I think that they kind of get away with that a little bit by having the um, sort of like a a fairy tale where you have, like this is an eco fairy tale where like the white man in power single-handedly makes a choice to like return and take responsibility and then he's universally loved for it even though you know that he must have doomed a lot of those people on that ship to death returning
2: to like the earth. Right? It's, It's also like homeboy can't read and he thinks there's going to be a pizza plant so everyone's going to be real disappointed i know everyone's so yeah he's
0: going to get dysentery
1: it's (laughs) it's honestly fascinating that they leave in the details of like how wrong this guy is about how like the world will work yeah because like looking at it today versus how i don't think i thought too much about it like at the time it's like
2: so, will they serve? No! <laughs> like, no, they won't. Honestly, like, watching the scene, the note I wrote was, all those suckers are getting tetanus, because it's all these people who have never walked before are walking barefoot through this, like, garbage wasteland. I was like, they're all gonna die. Like, within a matter of d- weeks, most. So... Um, Everyone's getting tetanus.
0: Yeah. I had an issue... I had an issue, too, a little bit. I think that, um... This is a very humanistic story. Like, it's, like, it's very pro-human, even though, like, we have lots of evidence to the contrary. Yeah, we are clearly the villains of the right. piece. Right, and, like, you've got, like, the, the, the robot is actually the bad guy who's keeping him from Earth. Like, the humans, they're ready to do the right thing at any moment. Um, I think that there must... I think that, that this is, like, one of the, the narrative flaws... When he's like, we should go back to Earth, I'm like, no, you shouldn't. Like, as far as you're concerned, living in space is totally fine. And you already ruined Earth. So why are you why are you why do you think you can do better the second time? You have none of the skills or the ability to do that. I feel like there needed to be like a twist where like the axiom is still dumping trash back on Earth and you're just like perpetuating this cycle even though they don't see it anymore, and they have to return to stop that. Like that, I felt like that needed to. Yeah, there has
1: to be like a motivator where they need it because it's not it. Like it's it's. I think it is effective and cute. The idea that oh, it's like, darling. I I cried. Which, it was beautiful. Th- 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 yeah. That like that like doing nothing is all that we've ever done. We need to do something because like that is a call to action. Yep. But like when you look at it in a literal space and not in a, like a call to action today, you're right. Like it's. It you know maybe you're not gonna actually help anything other than like what are what are you what are you helping? Yeah, like we won't have to live. Will we not live in a capitalist society? Like no, they don't want to talk about what that. What are the stakes? No. Yeah, what 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 are the stakes beyond like these two cute robots that need to go back to Earth because Wally gets injured? You know, like right. otherwise, why do we want to go back to Earth? Well, and it's emotional too. Like I think. No, well, uh, we we care about Earth, right? 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 It's it's <laughs> emotional, like I, you know, I,
0: to to read it this way is like to be uncharitable to the point of unfairness. Of 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 course, but no, like, right. yeah, like it, to some some degree, I think it's funny, and I think this would be different now because I think that we're a little bit more cynical about humanity's um, role in all of this. I mean, like, yeah. like we're right now in in with Mizrona calling. We're like nature's doing really well. Right now, actually, without us Because we just had to stop Like,
1: Yeah, when we just stop Everything seems to Yeah, be fine, like the smog
0: clears Wild Dolphins are back in Venice Yeah,
1: like we didn't actually break the planet Those yet Those turtles
0: in the just Urban Ecology stop. Center Are having the time of their lives Like, yeah, like it's <laughs> like, like nature, we're actually the problem <laughs> So to watch this story Where it's like, no, we have to go back and fix it I'm like, I don't know, humans Maybe you
1: should stay up there <laughs> Like well, yeah, the I think the problem is watching it today, like, we are seeing, like, a false narrative because you're right, like, when we just don't touch, everything else is fine. Yeah. I guess, I guess that what this movie's about is if we continued to not touch and didn't know that, well, hopefully we learned something. I don't know. Well, you all are in the future. Yeah. Hopefully we're learning something.
2: Um, I don't know if, but, like, like, when they go back, though, it would be the same capitalist, consumerist, thing right because there is there's not really any capitalism there's just like by and large which at this point is 700 years in like I don't think they're making money really it's
1: almost more a religion at this point though so like if they could make money if things could be for sale like I don't know how like these people would be earning money but like you're right. It almost is, it almost looks like communism on that
0: shit. And maybe this is a utopia. No, but like that's where that's where you're missing the poor people. I think they're just not showing it because they don't really want this to be a capital. They don't want this to uh,
1: critique capitalism. Like, right. But like, but but that's but that is the problem with this movie is that like, where are the poor people? Yeah. Are because I don't believe you, you let everyone.
0: Or on. or like we should see that there's a class structure and some people like we, we some, some people don't get the great or some people are jackets. working they get like the luts. Some people are working yeah. like none of these people work that sounds kind of tight <sighs> I do think so to wonder about like why why that this so this is like the ecological um tale of disney right like this is you know a, a much better fern gully um, and sure. I so I tried to like trace it back I was like why yeah, better. much better artistically and probably message wise I was like, why is it so important for the humans to return? Why do we want that? Why is that satisfying? And the only thing I could arrive at is that Wally is a romantic, and we accept it even though he's a robot. So he shouldn't have these feelings, but he does. And I think that that suggests that romantic feelings are innate to sentient beings. Like, he he pulls them out of Eve, too, who does not initially really have them and they and that romance is what saves us from our more horrible impulses of excessive consumerism like romance is the opposite of that so like maybe wally's love
1: language is acts of service and you can see that right yeah and 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 desiring communication so yeah. like you know like worth of affirmation in terms of like the fact that like we're just talking like quality right. ta- like Wally is the center of love languages. What I'm saying, like I think acts of service, like primarily, but because he can't talk, so. But 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 he or does like, like kind or of like screws. center himself on. You're right, like activities that are not about like consumering or. Well, he he helps consuming. Eve. That's how he shows. Consumers. That's how he
0: helps Eve. Like right, he like holds the umbrella over her head when it's raining. He like stays with her even yeah, though it's
1: not. It's not about yeah. like fairness and who has what.
0: Yeah. He cares. drags her around and just about, shows like, her pretty stuff, even though we're not even sure she can see any of it. Like those are acts of service, right? And I think the yeah. theme like ripples out that humanity has to care for each other and the place we live in... We have to participate in... To feel intimacy. Yeah. Like, we see that with Mary and John, the two passengers, have, like, this brief interaction with Wally that, like, kind of throws them off their, like, I'm watching too much Westworld. Like, it throws them off their loop, right? And no, yeah, that's, that's... No,
1: but but that's the thing all three of us thought about yeah, this, which is yeah. why I'm like, this is kind of the most kindly podcast, but, like, you'll get mm. it weeks later. But, like, I, I made this joke... I think in our first Westworld, uh, episode, um, if not our second one, uh, um, that, like, every time Dolores interacts with someone, she throws him off the loop a little bit, like Wally. But, like, that is exactly what Wally is doing. He is constantly just interrupting people's loops and getting them to, like, be more human by just experiencing spontaneity and connection. Well, to notice the world around them. Like, that's what happens with Mary and John, right? Yeah, to, like, break out of, like... He interrupts her screen. She
0: looks around and is like, oh, I'm in, like, space. Whoa, this is kind of crazy. And then she's, like, looking at stars. Similar thing happens with John. They're both looking at the stars. They have a moment of connection while they watch, like, Eve and Wally have sex outside their window, have the most beautiful the dance thing.
1: sequence that definitely codes with sex yeah. but it's the cutest <laughs> fucking sweetest thing I don't care it's one of my favorite musical scores in cinema I ever. have no problem. I, I have no nah. problem
0: with them having sex Danny Elfman am I <laughs> right
1: guys anyway sex, sex is
0: beautiful it's all good um <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I have never been anti sex i am like i am like i do not understand why it would be disturbing to you that they'd be watching them have sex. No, obviously it's disturbing. But cuz it's a kids movie yeah. and like uh, well like we we're, we're yeah. puritanical America. I also keep in yeah, anyway, anyway, like, We all, all have bad roommates so I like get it. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's fine. Um, But, like, right, so, but then they, like, connect with each other, then they're saving all the ship's babies, then they're, like, coming back to Earth, like, you know, it's, so it's, like, this ripple effect of, like, turning one's selfishness outward and, like, caring for another person, and that's where, like, you have this basis of suddenly caring for the the Earth, even though you've never seen it, because you've been away for 700 years. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: Well, and I I guess I thought, you know, the idea of them going back to Earth, like, the captain, at one point, when he's talking to Otto, I think, after he sees the video, he's like, I don't want to survive, I want to live, which, yes, sounds exactly like Westworld. Well, it's like, right after he sees the video, where Shelby Forthright um, says, rather than try to fix this problem, it's just easier to stay in space, so... Yeah. um, And then... You know, the captain who can't read, didn't know what Earth was or dancing or anything is like had an awakening moment and tells Otto, I don't want to survive. I want to live. Um, and it, it's like Wally has interrupted everyone's lives in a very dolores way and like interrupted their loops. And they're realizing like, oh, shit, there's a pool here and like there's life beyond sucking down my... Cup set my, animal, my meal like, cup. like cupcake yeah. meal and um, wanting to experience like real life rather than whatever they've been f- basically fed and consumed is I don't know why they want to go back.
0: Yeah, I think that there's there's totally. also some some things at play here of like the sanitation of humanity. Like space is very clean. You have that whole funny scene with Mo where like while like eve is getting cleaned up and like wally is just like so dirty that mo is like (gasps) like cannot even handle it like can't deal with it and the idea that like humans want to like get down in the dirt and like fix things and like be humans and beings and carbon-based life forms right so i think we also have a little bit of of that going on that's i think also where like i don't want to survive i want to live i want to suck the marrow from the bones you know um yeah totally Totally. It did occur that I mean, line in this particular moment in history did bother me though, because it reminded me of like all those jags that are protesting like the state-home mortars. I'm like, like that's something they would say. Like, I don't want to survive, I yeah. wanna
2: live life. I'm like, you guys are jags, absolute jags. Yeah, yeah just 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 go. Those assholes are I don't want to survive, I wanna live. And by live, I mean you should come to work to give me haircuts and risk you dying. Right. So TCBY yeah. is closed and I'm mad. Like stop. Um. I mean, I just had a kind of thought experiment of where are these babies coming from? Like, oh, you don't think (laughs) these people are getting it on in space? Well, like the only the only thing we hear where anyone even like mentions anything about romance or dating is Mary before Wally interrupts her loop, and she's like, "Every date has been a virtual disaster." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Haha, ha, ha ha. whatever. Yeah, like, you know, when she's like, John, are you ready to have some kids?" and they catch all these babies. I was like, "Where are their parents? Like, who do these children belong to that are being indoctrinated by, by and large, their very best friend?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So, robots are
1: central to the story, obviously, um, and they take on like. I'm dividing them into two overall economies, but I'd love to be challenged on that. Um, and there is the the worker, like Eve and Lolly, who is without personal power to, like, they can't save the earth themselves, uh, but can advocate to people in power by, like, showing them that, like, there is a plan. There is life. And ask the humans who in this scenario would have power to like fix it, and then there are the sinister robot overlords who are preventing that communication from even happening. So there's an other, other bad, uh, and they are Otto and the droids who want to eliminate defective droids. I think Megan has some thoughts on on what that staging looks like, but uh, what did what, did, yeah, what, did, what does this film say about technology, uh, and How does using these robots uh, impact the storytelling? Take it away, Megan. Lead us off.
2: Well, so um, one of the first things I thought of was, like, when Eve doesn't have that plant in her womb, they're like, quick, get her (laughs) fixed. Um, Send her to the repair ward, at which point my ears perked up because I was like word you say and then when they got there I was like oh this is Disney's version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest like it's definitely a psych ward like to me it's like for for sure all these robots who aren't functioning the way they're supposed to like there's this one who's painting like a maniac there's another one who's like banging his head with a tray there's another one that's like literally in restraints because he keeps boxing things or shocking them I guess Um, and then there's, like, a mass breakout. So it was, like, very interesting to me to think about these, like, in this Disney universe, like, we have thought of very humanized robots that are, like, people, and then we've already in this world taken the secondary step to isolate the ones that are weird and not working the way we want them to.
0: Damn!
2: Damn. Um,
0: yeah. I mean... Tots. The idea that media is not correctly uh, or sensitively sensitively uh, depicting mental illness is, like, not a shock to me, but is a consistent disappointment.
2: Always. I mean, yeah. I will say I kind of love, though, that, like, in the end, it's that ragtag group of robots who are disordered singing, like,
1: Yeah, the misfits that Hello, the Dolly. is trying to, like, eliminate.
2: Yeah, that actually, like, solve the problem, get the plant there, like,
1: yeah, they save the day. Yeah.
0: Totally, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's a totally it's a it's a the un- ragtag, unlikely crew of misfits. Right, are the ones who yeah. ultimately lead us to salvation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean that 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 is cool, and I I do like that they go back to that scene and sort of like liberate them because that is a that's like a sad moment,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of super dark if you like let yourself be in it. The only reason why it doesn't feel like dark in the movie is that like Wally almost instantly starts to like upturn the system. Or what what Wally is, I think why Wally is such a hero. In addition to like immediately we identify with him, immediately relate to his perspective because we're shown his perspective and we hear this musical theater. But I think also like without trying, he makes everyone more human. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's, like, kind of, like, is almost, like, infectiously spreading that around.
1: Yeah, he's infectiously adding humanity to everyone, robots included.
2: He's patient zero for breaking the loop.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Patient zero for humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so fascinating that they gave that role to a robot, because, like, it works, but also... What does that say about, like, where humanity could go without an intervention? That, like, we would need a piece of technology that was a conscientious objector who decides there's something valuable here and decides to prioritize and love that, that, like, that's the only thing that could save us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is—it is sort of funny that a pair of robots are the ones that are like, "People, step away from your screens. Come experience love <laughs> and also plants."
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what Siri wants us to do. I
1: don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, Siri always tells me to not use my iPhone. Siri's like, I think I've <laughs> had enough, young lady. I really do appreciate this tension between, like having these two models of robots because i think that as humans it's easy to conceptualize technology as the big bad um i'm watching devs we're watching west world on this podcast plug listen to our episodes uh and the idea that like we've we've added so much technology to our life that we have less control than we think we do and also like maybe there's never been control maybe we've never had free will it's all determinism is all very fascinating um so having these like robots that come in and sort of being like we're done with like wally is on a planet alone every other robot has died and he is still like nope gonna go through things enjoy them and occasionally like compact some like squares for people to take away one day maybe you know that's that's kind of Beautiful and so having like this one side that's taking humanity towards humanity and then another side where it's like, but we are still scared of the potential technology and how like I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I I'm afraid I can't do that. You know, like, um, or Westerl's moment of like, I'm sorry. I've been reduced to my core functions. Do you want me to turn on the lights? <laughs> um, is pretty beautiful and perfect and timely because. I think that we are at a moment where technology is enabling a lot of connection right now. Uh, We are only recording this podcast because of technology. I can only have team nights or FaceTime calls with my siblings because of tech. At the same time, um, Zoom is stealing your data. (laughs) Uh, Everything's a little bit dark and horrifying. Um, What are we going to do? And I think that tension feels very real and justified and it's nice to have an easy answer with Wally and Eva, these personified uh, anthropomorphized robots but it's a weird space to live in
0: yeah, I mean, and also, like, Pixar is owned by Apple, so the technology is yeah. going to be the hero, <laughs> like, there, there's, there's a reason for that, like of,
1: cu- uh, yeah, of course. there are strings, Pinocchio but, but also, right now, the technology is a little bit my hero, and yeah. I don't mean that in a way that I'm proud of, but like I don't know what I would do if I couldn't talk to you
0: all Right, or like or, or, I mean, or honestly, the the lucky people Like myself, who are able to work from home Like, brought to you by technology Oh my god, yeah Yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky, weird Weird space to live in um, I do I do kind of like that it's um, You know, I think that this is sort of stands In opposition of something like Passengers Which you're like, but for the grace of God Chris Pratt, you don't have like A tetanus and you're not wallowing in your own shit because of technology. So, like, how dare you be like, I'm a simple boy. I don't care about anything. Like, you know, you're like, I'm going to terraform this spaceship. Like, you're like, don't be an ass. Come on. Um, But uh, so I I do kind of like that it's, like, it's a movie that romanticizes Earth and dirt and plants and life while also not villainizing technology so much. I think that's pretty unique. Um, I don't know if it... Um I don't know if it's saying much more like anything particularly deep beyond just the idea that like lots of things can have feelings. Even robots, you know?
1: Yeah. Technology can both be good and evil. What what it made me think of is the Mandalorian, which we've talked about a little bit on this podcast, even though we haven't done a Mandalorian episode that's guys
0: that show fails add more female that characters. Show f- fails the uh-huh. test too
1: like super hard uh, is that like this idea of robots aren't inherently evil. It's about their merely reflection on who programmed them. And the idea today that we're dealing with is that algorithms are not inherently evil. There are some that are really helpful. But if people have sinister intentions of like stealing your data, like, yeah. That's gross and bad. And so I do think that like I do like the idea that you can use technology for good as someone who works in tech and intentionally and conscientiously and doesn't have to be gross. And that's probably me just, like, singing a lullaby to myself as I go to sleep, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I'm cur- I'm really curious what Megan thinks of all this because I think that she is the least trusting of technology of, uh, of all three of us. Yeah. Does does Wally does Wally
2: bother you <laughs> in that way? So yeah. Wally doesn't bother me. Wally himself, because He's so lo-fi. Like he's not connected to anything. He's got a like cassette tape. Like,
0: he's he's like um, a step above an, an RC car. If you could teach an RC car to love something, <laughs> he's an RC yes. car. Yeah,
2: he is super. If they had any analog. artificial intelligence, yeah. Um, honestly, like this whole time I'm I was watching it the second time today. I was like, wait. So there's this evil robot who's in charge of everything. And they're what? still even making the pretense of sending out droids. Like that alone blew my mind. I was like, "Great but point. He, just
1: Pretend. No, to yeah, send like droids. like that would just be a glitch that it fell through the cracks, right? You know,
2: yeah. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess like the technology itself doesn't bother me because it's less about like tech is clearly spying and like there is manipulation, but it's like. People have already gone pretty far in the consumerism aspect for it to. So even you're more power. a
1: preventative approach at this point. I'm a what? You're more of a pre- preventative uh, approach at this point. Yeah. Like, if we don't get this far, it doesn't matter. So it's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think I that
0: I think that what the kind of what sparked that for me when you're talking about it is that like there's also sort of this. I would say almost equal to consumerism as a big theme is unquestioning, unquestioning the status quo. Like that's what loops are about. Right. Um, Just kind of like going about your day and your routine every day. You do the same thing and you do it because that's, how your life is and like Wally knocks people off their loops he makes some question stuff uh, you have Eve who's like this is my directive this is what I have to do and he like throws a bunch of monkey wrenches into that and she be a better robot for it um, and then the whole theme of like auto as like this auto like, he's like the autopilot right and now he is actually mm-hmm. the main pilot because the captain doesn't really do anything he does like the morning announcements right um yeah and if he
2: sleeps through it just resets the whole day yeah he
0: just starts so. over again people who thought they were getting a hot dog are suddenly getting eggs i'd be so mad oh, but like right Like that's and i think um like an axiom like the ship's name is in like math It is like a, a an unquestioned it's like a rule that you don't question it's like your order it's like how you approach the problem is the axiom so i think that that's like don't question these ships. Don't think about these ships. They are what they are and you are going to be on them. So I think that there's also kind of that thread. So I think we kind of see maybe like technology that you don't question, that you don't, that, that allows you to kind of go into autopilot, bad. Technology that's delightful and dirty and makes you more of a human, good. Um, which feels very Apple, to be honest with you, <laughs> right? Like PC is totally like, don't question it. It's just what your work gave you. Apple is very much like, totally. we're just trying to spark joy. Like, that's, that's, that I think is kind of built into their operating system. So, it makes sense that they would push that agenda.
2: Oh, I think the other thing that, like, endears us to Wally, like, compared to these, like, humans, is, like, he's so resourceful. Like, there's nothing he doesn't reuse or, like, figure out. Like, he's even recycling himself. Like, he's using old parts of other robots. Bodies, which I don't want to think about it too hard about what that says, but like, do you think Ryan Wally's a murderer? He didn't take them from living, <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's like transplanting from the think- corpses of his fallen comrades, like for real. I, don't know. I just like that I dive in with like, obviously Wally's not a murderer, and Mary's like, is Wally. <laughs> Wally a murderer?
0: Did Wally turn well, off the how other do you Wallys? Know?
2: He no, he, he got he real good at stalking for a while. Uh, so. He was just, actually he was a very miserable. Stalker. He was real bad at <laughs> stalking. Just kidding. He is the least crafty. Yeah, he's not subtle. Um,
0: no, I don't think. I don't think Wally. Wally. <laughs> ta- ta- take. I don't think Wally murdered anybody. That's really. You know what? That's really the next thing that Disney should handle. Make a serial killer relatable for children. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, uh, Adults are very good at doing that. Don't do that for children. We don't, they don't need it. I do, I do have one thing that I, I take serious umbrage with this movie on, and I totally forgot about it until I watched it again for this, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, this crummy thing. Um, I think that it's fairly fat phobic and, and almost skirting on ableism, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, 1,000%. That's that's I know a lot of people are like well the fat people are like the villains the villains are the evil corporations but you're still like pairing fatness and a reliance on assistive technology to like poor health and laziness which are both wrong and also like compliance with evil corporations and I that's bad that's bad enough I think that that's still what this makes this like a fat phobic movie um and I would argue that most audience members resent. I mean, like these people are like cartoon fat people. Like their legs are like six inches long, but and they're like, oh, it's muscle mass. But like they're supposed to be fat people, right? And so I think that even though they're cartoon fat people, just the way that like you know Elsa is a cartoon skinny person, she's much skinnier than most skinny people, right? Um, I I think that because we villainize fat people so much, when you watch it. Like fat people aren't going to be like, well, that's like a very cartoon. I'm blowing that off. No, like that's personal. That's mean. It's a mean thing to do, and it pains me to think about like a kid that's fat watching this and taking away that they're like bad or 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 like like um, fit for mockery because of this. You know.
1: I agree. No, I agree. This is definitely a fat phobic film, yeah, and something we don't discuss enough because.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, you can make the argument well, like, reasonably, if you never walk and you're in space totally. and all you do is like eat, like, and you don't even play golf, you let the robots do that for you too, you're going to get fat. Sure but this isn't, like, a strictly medically accurate film, so, like, why is that where we have to draw a line? Well, and
0: also that that is... I mean, like, and I think it'd be different... Like, it's one thing to be, like, these people are unhealthy. They can't stand up. Like... You know, but to to act as if like their fatness, like they use fatness as shorthand for this is not the way people should be, and I'm like, you know, have you looked around America? Like most people are fat here. <laughs> like I don't know, maybe we need to change some of our definitions and like, you know, kind of help people. Like I think the fatness here, like the particular brand of fat phobia they're playing on, is um, how fatness infantilizes. Uh, like sometimes fatness is used as like a, a shorthand for like infantilization to suggest that like mm. to totally. be fat is to be selfish a selfish little being with poor impulse control so you just eat and eat and eat and that, that makes you so fat and you're like you know you're like a drain on the system and I think that this sh- movie knows it because you only see fat adults and you see fat babies and they are basically <laughs> interchangeable This is like they really right? are. And they yeah. dress alike, and we don't see any fat children, which is weird. I almost wonder if they knew that, like, since this is a movie for children, if you showed fat children and you made fun of them, that that would be, like, incredibly harmful for kids' psyches. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's, yeah. like, that it's, like conspicuously absent that there are, like, no eight-year-olds on this ship. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, Jesus, uh, only around for 33 and for being a
2: baby.
1: I will say, though, I think (laughs) that, like, kind of this idea that to be be
0: fat is to be, like, a giant infant is, like, especially, like, entertaining to think about now that we as a nation are, like, suffering chronic yeast shortages because we're all eating our feelings with baked goods and simple carbs, and that the GOP who constantly totally. harangued us for like fat people being a drain on healthcare like no no no, we don't care about drains on healthcare the economy that's actually what we care about so like pile all those dead fat people up as far as the ceiling it's fine with us like it's right fine. like it's all it's all just garbage and I don't know if it would be different if it was made now they probably couldn't get away with it to the same degree but like Disney still hasn't had a fat princess which I think would be like the best layup you could do like right that that would be that would be like a real fucking change they would but. be so celebrated for it i think that like the argument that's made against it is well but being fat is unhealthy and now we're celebrating unhealthiness and then you know then it's like this big echo chamber loop of like people being like well like not all fat people are unhealthy people like eh.
1: but yeah, like yeah.
0: so i'm not sure who needs to hear this out there I know neither of you do because I know you agree with me but like listeners I don't know who needs to hear this but like people that are fat are not fat because they are lazy fatness is not a byproduct of capitalism and no amount of pizza or conversely px 90 will change the fact that y'all are sexy as hell like just keep being sexy as hell do what you want with your body I hope you love your body it's very hard (laughs) we make it very hard for people to love themselves and I hate that this movie has this in it (laughs)
2: like it's yeah, I agree with it. I mean, I think, like, I get, like, the visual of wanting to show, like, ultimate consumers and, like, physically how that would be, but it is a bummer. And, it, like, watching it, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Well, it's short-sighted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. made yeah, me feel exactly. uncomfortable, and it also made me feel like... I mean, they they show Mary and John and the captain, who doesn't even have a name, but, like... You really like all of those characters pretty quickly, or at least I did. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just, I just loved Mary. Like, no, they're set, they're they're set up to be loved. Yeah, yeah. For sure. and and so it felt. I was like, is this them trying to make it seem okay to be like, no, but they're still good people, or yeah. like, I, wait, or fat, or wait, can fat people be okay? Hold on. Yeah, like, is <laughs> was this like, hey, they're fat, but like, it's all right. They're still good they're still people i mean probably yeah what what is the judgment or passing on
1: these they're still
2: competent and nice and like fun or
1: yeah
0: i
2: don't don't know um
0: it's just a bummer and it's you know you can't i just feel like it's just not it's not a risk that you should take especially in a movie for
1: a kid like yeah you are pounding it either absolutely that's a time when like kids are that they're most vulnerable are we really gonna be like well and also they're learning so
0: like now a kid like watch so maybe not even like a skinny kid watches this right and then they like are making judgment calls on fat people like kids do that anyway and it's wild why is this movie which has like
2: yeah like stop (laughs) just stop yeah like kind of thinking about when you know in the video from Shelby Forthright he's like and your bone density is gonna decrease I was like why couldn't they make everyone just sort of floppy then? Like, yeah. Because that picture is basically like. Exactly. You have, that would have made more you have sense to like, what of is bones. actually happening. You have eight inches of bones and that's it. So like everyone could just be a little floppier like yeah. instead of yeah. fatter. Like.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know this great? will be a
0: scar on this movie i think like going forward i imagine you know like showing it to my niece this is the part that won't age yeah. well like yeah. showing it to my niece and then having to be like well you know it's not mm. <laughs> like this
1: is the part of be like we we didn't know we were dumb sorry yeah. sorry don't internalize yeah. this so we've arrived at the end of our podcast uh
2: does this movie work is it feminist Guess. yes did guess first. It?
0: Go go for
2: it, Megan. Yeah, guess first, of course. Um, so I think it works. I definitely recommend it. I mean, we've been talking about this now and I'm still not totally sure how like feminist, feminist it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just doesn't
1: have enough grounds to lay a stake in. Yeah. It doesn't create enough grounds, you know?
2: Yeah. Um I, I feel like there's an agenda there, but it's not necessarily a feminist agenda. Um I think it's, it's there's
1: an intersectional component. Yeah. But not necessarily a feminist component.
2: Right. I do like that there are like two female named characters, assuming we're like we're agreeing with the fact that Eve is feminine or female. Um and I like that both of them are resourceful and badass, but it doesn't like feel like oh, this is a feminist like seminal movie that everyone should watch for yeah. that.
0: I, I agree entirely with Megan. I put this in the same category as Sorry to Bother You. It's a movie that I love. I think that the movie should be seen by everybody. It's very important. But I don't think that they do as much as they could with their main female character to make it, strictly speaking, feminist. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm standing at I, with it.
1: No, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a beautiful movie. Please watch it. It's incredible. But it doesn't doesn't necessarily make it a feminist movie. Um, there are other things it's doing really well, and because we want movies to make statements that are important and uh, sophisticated and timely, it's still a great movie. But it could do more when it comes to gender and race. Yep. And class. Yep. And definitely class because we just don't <laughs> yeah. race it. Well, that
0: takes us in uncomfortable, capitalistic directions, and we don't want to do that. It's (laughs) no,
1: yeah. I loved it. I I loved talking to you guys. Well, we loved having you here with us. What a treat! What a dream! It was a goddamn pleasure and a treat.
0: Well, this is the time where usually I would be telling you what we're doing next time, but we're gonna take a little break. Next time, we're sitting down. We're taking a rest. We'll be gone um, for the month of August and we'll be coming back at you Labor Day with new sci-fi tricks and treats. I hope that you're taking care of yourselves. I hope that you're taking care of each other. I hope you're still supporting Black Lives Matter. This is not, that's not a trend. It's a uprising, guys. So we're in it for the long haul. I hope you're wearing a mask. I hope you're washing your hands. I hope you're doing all of those things. Well, until I talk to you again on the other side of summer, XOXO, Space Bros, Girls.
1: Yeah.